0: Deep to right field, way up. Welcome to Brawl Street to Britain, a UK Phillies podcast. Oh my days, what a time to be recording because the fills are hot. We're hot right now. Uh, Like the weather in the UK at the moment, the fills are on a roll. They are hot. We're on momentum. Oh, I'm going to get into it in a minute. I'm getting too excited already. First of all, introduce my amazing guest. Guys, we've got a full house. The original crew. For the first first time in ages. I know. This is great. Also, I'm really excited. First of all, Alex Carr. Alex, how are you, my friend?
1: Hello, Dave. Hello, next guest that will be introduced in a little <laughs> bit. I'm really psyched. We're uh, we're on a roll.
0: Let's get into our next guest. It's been a while since he's been on. It's been so long since we've all been together. Ladies and gentlemen, Ryan Owen. <laughs> yeah. Ah!
2: Wow! Wow! I feel like I've come out of semi-retirement. Like this is what we, this is what it'd be like if Cole Hamill's resigns for the oh no! <laughs> I said <like>. Alex <laughs> won't be applauding that one. Like, no, <laughs> Mm-mm. Mm-mm. you you still got to applaud the man's.
1: A hero. I mean, I, of course, I I love him. I just <laughs> the thirty-seven-year-old of Cole Hamill's uh, that version is not is not the one that I think you want on your playoff push team. No, not I'm gonna lie, an improvement on some of the bullpen options. You Look, could put him, <laughs> hey, I know we're probably gonna talk about it, but if he signs like for, for major league minimum, hell yeah, sure, I'll go Absolutely. for it. If he signs for like two to three million dollars, that's when I'm taking a step back and saying, well, hold on a minute, like, there are, there are better options out there. Like, even if you do have to give up like a fringe prospect, like, I, Alex, yeah. it's okay. I was only joking, mate. No, you reeled me right in. right.
2: <laughs> a- how are you, mate? Oh, I'm so good I'm so glad to be back I, I have time off at the minute I'm watching more baseball than I have all season and it and it feels like I've just hit the baseball season at the right time because yeah. the Phillies are in a division race like what
0: <laughs> the Phillies waiting for you they thought yeah. hang on hang on Ryan's teaching he's got a lot going on let's <laughs> let's hold it now Ryan's back the Bills are back oh let's get into it so we're going to go quickly look at the Marlins series Uh, Quick look at what's ahead, the Yankees and the Braves coming up four games. And then lots of you on social media with some great questions, mainly all of them at the trade deadline. So I'm going to wrap it up in one big package. But, guys, the Phils, 47-45, 10-4 in July, the best MLB record in July at the moment. I know it's still mid-July, but we'll take it. Uh, Won four series straight, two games behind the Mets guys overall i'm hyped doesn't take me much we know that but where are you guys right now ryan where where are you right now you're straight back into it the phil's are flying they're catching the mets the schedule looks good for the second half of the season where are you right now with your feelings and where's the hype mode out of 10
2: Uh, it's pretty high like i'm shocked but it's not even that i think the phillies are like suddenly a great team because they're not it's just that the phillies are in a division race and the phillies have a reasonable schedule and the Phillies are playing decent baseball that isn't horrendous, and the Phillies have an offense that can compete and a rotation that can compete, and I'm thinking all of a sudden the Mets are not that good. And, (laughs) you know, like, you know, DeGrom, you don't want to see anyone get injured, but DeGrom goes down, he's struggling a little bit. Baseball can happen, it can come at you pretty quickly once you get on a roll, and that can be either a losing roll or a winning roll, and right now the Phillies... They're in this.
0: They they they, they really are. Alex uh, and Lindor's gone down as well, I think. For those again, we don't want to see injuries, and it was really bad to see Chisholm going off. Uh, was it yesterday? I think it was. We don't want to see injuries. We want to we want a good fight. We don't see anyone get injured. It's not a nice sight. Um, but the Mets. Well, we all saw that first in against the pirates. That they're, they're making a lot of mistakes right now. The Phils are banging down that door, aren't they?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh What's, what's very interesting about this year in particular is that all signs, like I, I tweeted about it, there's like big neon flashing signs that just seem to be pointing to go, go, go. Like, I mean, again, like Dave said, we don't applaud injuries here, but you have to just look at these things face value. The Braves are without Ronald Acuna Jr. The Mets are without Francisco Lindor for some amount of time. Um, the, the, the Marlins, obviously, I mean, that's not one that you want to include in the, in the race here. I sorry to, to Pete Pratt, uh, cool. but you know, you know, uh, they, they are, they are trending downwards at, at a very fast pace. Um, and you know, the nationals don't have Kyle Schwarber right now. Um, of course, Juan Soto is, is just primed for an absolutely massive half here, but all signs just seem to be pointing to the Phillies to just go like, just, just push your chips, go after it. And what's great about that is that if, if the Phillies can actually manage to, um, you know, to, to have a good deadline, if they can manage to acquire the pieces that they need to, to really make this, make this push and they win the division. I mean, all of a sudden you start looking at a team that if you're, I mean, if, if, if you were ever going to go over the luxury tax, right. It would be to win the division and to, to continue winning the division. And uh. All of a sudden, you're looking at a team that maybe they don't care about the luxury tax so much anymore. So, well,
0: yeah, well, I'll, I'll, I'll get to that. I'll get yeah, to we'll that. Get, I'll to get to it. We'll get to because, it. can uh, yeah, <laughs> some interesting comments. Uh, so, the Phil's finally winning suit against the Marlins in pretty comfortable three games out of four that I will take it because the Marlins have been, oh, they've been our bogey team. They've been that frustrating team that have put the sting into our season the last two seasons, certainly. I reckon it's the marlins have denied us well helped contributed to denying us a playoff spot but day one really good five two okay it was a double header but a lot of things went right another win on a matt moore start what <laughs> like matt moore and matt moore did all right actually to be fair matt, matt moore his best start time. of his yeah, philly's we were,
1: career yeah
0: we were getting what we want out of a four fifth star at the moment. Um, Game two, oh, e- Eflin got lit. Uh, I'll get to that in a second, but 7-0 Marley. Pretend it didn't happen. Two hits for the Bills. Complete disaster. Uh, game three, of course, went over to Sunday afternoon. Uh, oh, blown save Suarez of all pitchers. Um, but the offense bailed him out. JT said in the uh, interview after he walked off, said that wasn't the offense. That was on us, guys. We didn't. We should have put that game to bed. They had the chance. They didn't. Thankfully, JT got the walk-off home run out 4-2 and then Sunday. Good, good game. Good game. 4-2 win. Took the lead, lost the lead, but then showed a lot of characters to come back and win in the end. 7-4. Diddy and catch huge home runs at a time. Solo blast. Again, the veterans pulling up the socks and going, come on, guys, come on. We're not down and out yet. So many contributions from throughout the team. Uh, Alex, who's who's impressed you in this series against the Marlins? Who's really stood out. And how do you feel overall about that Marlins series?
1: The most, this is a weird answer, but the most outstanding player to me was Travis Jankowski. And I will tell you what I, I expected Travis Jankowski to be a really good bench role player, right? Like somebody who, you know, kind of usurps Roman Quinn's role, right? Speed off the bench, lays down a good bunt or two, which Roman actually couldn't do, but, Anyway, that's not important. Um, You know, it it does a couple things, you know, maybe is your pinch runner for extra inning games, things like that. Travis Jankowski has done in 33 games what Oduble Herrera has not done in 62 games. Jankowski has, I think it's 0.8 FWR right now. I tweeted about this this morning. He has 0.8 FWR. Oduble Herrera has 0.7. O'Dubal Herrera has played in 62 games. Jankowski's played in 33 and Jankowski all that while is hitting somewhere in the high three hundreds with a 167 weighted runs created. I mean, he is, he's turned into a guy that you don't mind seeing in center field right now in the starting lineup because he's playing really good defense. He's, you know, fundamentally he's pretty sound. I mean, a couple of base running mistakes, um, which unfortunately have cost them, but you know, fundamentally he's been fine. Um, and with the bat, the bat has been shocking. I mean, they probably don't win that first game against the Marlins in this series without that spun down the line double that he hit. Yeah, Four
0: RBI yeah RBI, I three mean, hits. just he
1: he was a Marlins killer this week. So it's, he was the one that definitely impressed me the most. And I, after digging into it, I mean, it's not a fluke. Uh, He has been really productive over these 33 games. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to say he's going to continue producing at this clip as a starter, but he's a guy that you certainly don't mind having on your bench.
0: And again, another guy who has come in and stepped up like Luke Williams, like Nicky Maton, like my little pocket rocket, Ronnie, who is, (laughs) he's just, he's just reliable, isn't he? He just does everything. You know, the defense is good. It's not spectacular, but it's good. It's solid, which is what badly the team needed. And, in fact, the defense of the whole team was actually good. It was – I know it's one series and, you know, let's not get ahead of ourselves, but continue that. And we're going to be, again, another factor to chasing the Mets down.
1: I've never been more wrong about a baseball player than I was about Ronald Torres. Uh, And this is just like my fourth public apology about it. But, I mean, (laughs) I was so off the base – with Ronald Torres, uh, I was upset that he was given a roster spot over, you know, signing some veteran right-handed bat. Um, And I was so wrong. I mean, he has been everything you could have wanted and more. And what's great, Phillies have him under arbitration for the next three years. Yeah. So if they wanted to keep him on as a bench piece, they certainly could do that. And I think that they, as of right now, they absolutely
0: should. Absolutely. Absolutely. yeah, No doubt. No doubt. Uh, Ryan, how about yourself?
2: Yeah, I can't disagree. I mean, it's been fun to watch Jankowski and Torre's contribute at the bottom of the order. It's probably helped. And obviously, I hope Alec Bon's okay. I think Bomb was due um, a rest. <laughs> I think Bomb was due time away from the diamond. Uh, mm. So obviously, I'm I'm sad that it's come in the circumstances that it's come, and I wish him all the best. But um, you know, just to get someone who has that veteran presence at third base, um, he's playing a bit more regularly. Torre's um Jankowski's had a great presence I mean he was pumped up the other day like I know I know he had four <laughs> RBIs, but I was like what yeah. is going on like uh so it, those guys are so important and they're the intangibles that sometimes when you're a stats guy you you don't really look at you you I still look at their stats and I think well they're not great bats and they're not but they're hitting seventh and eighth in the order um and sometimes you need reliability in the field, in the clubhouse. Um, and you let your other guys get the job done and, and they contribute
1: as and when they're needed. And Absolutely. I'll tell you what, on on Ryan's point too, I mean, you look at their bats and you say, "Ah, eh, you know, they're babbipping to high heaven. But like, that's what Ronald Torres has done his whole career. So you you come to question, you know, is it a fluke or is it like, you know, is it just, his ability to put the ball in play and just know, like you look at David Fletcher of the angels, right? The guy doesn't hit anything hard, but it always lands. He's got a 26 game hitting streak right now. I mean, it always he has been one of the best contact hitters in all of baseball over the last like three years. So you, you start to kind of consider that even though these guys aren't hitting the ball hard, they know how to make contact and they know how to put it where the defenders aren't. And I'm not going to make the same case for Jankowski because Jankowski has had some downright bad seasons as a, as a professional, Um, but maybe, you know, coming to his hometown team, uh, you know, being given some, the opportunity to start, maybe, you know, he's figured something out. All I'm going to say is, I don't think that there's a way that you, you let somebody like that. If he continues on this, this path, you don't let him go in free agency next year. You, you sign him to a contract and put him on the bench. Um, And because he's, he's earned it for sure.
0: Absolutely. Uh, shout out as well to Brad Miller coming off the bench, oh yeah depth, Getting it. Jankowski in that game, the, the game four last last night, came in the game. two, two, two hits. Two hits. Like yeah, he's, he's been unbelievable. Luke Williams is still hitting the ball. You know he's still put. He's still getting on base. Everybody's contributed. A shout out as well to Vinny V. I thought he was. You know, it, we criticize him when he's not a good game. When he's having it. No, when he's having a bad game. But when he's having a good game, you've got to, I know it's likely not to roll on to his next game. We, we hope it does, but we know what Vinny's like. But it was a good comeback outing. I, he but did you, the
1: job. You take that from a fifth starter any day. Yeah. Right? Like, it, who cares if they're inconsistent? If they can come out and toss five shutout innings for you, who cares? Like,
0: it, so. Yeah. And the weather was think, awful in the uh, final winning. Yeah, it looked like uh, he was starting to struggle. And, and, and Wheeler had that funny moment, allowed four runs, and he thought, oh, no. Is Wheeler going to last too much longer in this game? bounced back brilliantly didn't he oh
1: man that was so oh talk about resilience i mean and that it stinks that that inning had to happen because you know he allowed uh magnura sierra and braxton garrett two guys who you know never put the ball in play you know he, he allowed a couple singles um which is unfortunate um but they were probably just sitting fastball and you know we underestimated them and that's how it goes but led to a really a long inning but That's how, you know, the guy is a true frontline starter because he, he has a bad inning and comes back and shuts him out the rest of the way. Like that. And we've seen that from him multiple times this year. Yeah. Ryan.
2: There's one other guy that this team is going to need. And this team lent on a little bit this week. And that guy's Hector Neris. Like this, this team needs Hector Neris because they're the deadline acquisitions that you didn't have to give any prospects up for. And there's a thing in sports where fans see it too often, similar to what you're saying with Vince Velasquez, and then they just write them off as, as terrible. They can't contribute. They can't offer anything. Actually, I'm a stats guy. Hector Neris, he isn't even having the worst season statistically. I mean, nope. he's still stri- <laughs> he's still striking guys out. Um, yes, he's had these problems with the long ball, although he's got a decent ground ball rate this year so far. So Hector he needs to show up for this team, and, and he is doing. I, I got a feeling he's going to have a good second half if this team's going to win the division.
1: And look, that's that's the thing too. Ryan, I said this last uh, last podcast we recorded, but you acquire one back-end bullpen piece, preferably a closer for this team, you automatically start seeing a ripple, of, ripple effect through this bullpen. I mean, you get, let's just say theoretically, I'm not advocating for this, but like, let's say they went out, they acquired Craig Kimball, right? Let's say. So he's your closer now. Your setup guys—they become Hector Neris and you know maybe Archie Bradley. Alvarado is probably not the guy that you want to be like your your, your setup guy leading into like the ninth yeah. inning. So maybe Archie Bradley, um, maybe Sam Coonrod if he comes back and you know he shows that the command is still there, stuff like that. Um, but you know, automatically you your closer options become your setup guys and your firemen, middle relievers. Ranger Suarez becomes a guy that can if your starter exits early due to high pitch count, due to issue or anything like that, Ranger Suarez comes in and gives you two to three shutout innings. Why would you not want to go out and acquire a closer to make your bullpen better simply through ripple? Um, And I think that that's that's something that is going to be, you know, really, really interesting to watch. Because if they do get, you know, we have four guys contending for the closer spot right now, right? What if it was just one? And then the other four guys were put into setup scenarios that were still high leverage, but not like game is on the line in this very moment and situations that they're not very used to. Um, so I think that you're right. Hector needs to show up, but I don't think they're going to force him to show up in the closer role, which I think is huge.
0: Well, that's good. Let's, let's get into the trade deadline. Let's get into social media because that, that's a perfect interlude. Uh, quick question from uh, GoBirds. Uh, it says, will Seraphne Dominguez return this season and be a factor if he is projected to return? Do you think that stops Dembrowski from getting multiple bullpen pieces? Uh And then we'll, oh, and will Rangers stay in the bullpen for 2022 or start? So first of all, uh, on Seraphne Dominguez, do, what, do we know the latest? A bit of a forgotten man at the moment. So oh,
1: initially the, the, the plan was apparently – Uh, that he was due to begin, resume throwing uh, in July. So that hasn't happened yet. Um, We still have a while to go, um, but I don't think, so here's the problem. He's on the 60-day injured list. If they add him, if he's not on the 26-man roster by, I don't think it's August 1st, but there's a, it might be September 1st. Can't remember. Uh, If he's not on the roster by September 1st, He's not allowed to come to the postseason with them. He is he is ineligible for the postseason. So it's it's at roster expansion. Um, so you're allowed to expand your roster, um, but you know those guys can't come to the postseason with you. So it's hard to say, especially because we haven't heard anything about him, uh, and it's really unfortunate because they're going to have a real decision to make come uh, free agency because he's in arbitration and you can't you know. They settled with a $700,000 contract with him, I think, but mm-hmm. uh, you know, you can't just keep devoting that money to, to a guy that's just not coming back. Um, but then again, who knows how close he is, who knows how far he is. Uh, and then as far as uh Ranger goes, I think you're going to see him in the bullpen uh, he's thrived out of this spot for two years now. Um, you know, obviously missed all of last year. Well, most of last year with, with, with COVID a really bad case of it. Um, but he thrived out of there in 2019, and he's thrived, thrived out of there in 2021. So I think you I think you face no choice but to keep him there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's get into Oscar says you can only have one. So, Ryan, I'll start with you first. Kimbrell, Marte, Buckson, Bryant. I'll go Kimbrel straight away. Beautiful what Alex has said. I think a closer, it would just – especially Kimbrel, would be massive for the whole bullpen, let alone the closer role – Ryan, who would you go for? Are a Kimbrough, Marte, Buxton or Bryant?
2: <laughs> wow. Um, that's, well, it's, it's, <laughs> com, it's complex because I have to start thinking about um, contracts. I feel like Buxton would cost a lot because he, I believe he has some control. And so he's at an age where you would, you would absolutely need to, you know, pay up in terms of prospects. I'm not even sure that the Phillies... They probably have what it takes, but I don't think that they'd want to do that deal. I don't think it makes sense for them long-term. That leaves the other three. Uh, I don't know. I, Kimbrel's a difficult one for me. I'm always so sceptical about <laughs> closers. I think I would go cheaper again if I was the Phillies. I, I don't know whether Kimbrel is so much better than someone like Ian Kennedy that I'd be willing to, to, to pay the difference. I, I, I think Kimbrel's having a great year. He's not had a great sort of three or four years though, so there's no guarantee that he's gonna have a great second half of the season. I think I'd just go cheaper. I'd get quite excited if the Phillies signed Starling Marte, like I don't, I don't know whether they'd do it. Uh, that would be some boost to the offense though. That would be that would be pretty. That would everything we've just said about Jankowski, who's been great. If you put Starling Mart with the power and the speed, whew. Billy's lineup's pretty scary. Get me Starling Marty and Ian Kennedy, and we'll call it a day.
0: Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, how about yourself?
1: I uh, this one might be kind of controversial, but uh, you know, for the same reasons as 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 Ryan said, uh, with Craig Kimbrell, I wouldn't say Ian Kennedy is on par, but I'd more go for somebody like Taylor Rogers, uh, just somebody who you know has closed before, uh, and is just you know by peripherals is, is really really impressive um but also you know is, it isn't going to cost you as much as you know say a proven proven closer um you know it'll still cost you a bit but not that much um but that being said kimberl does have a massive contract attached which very much lowers his value um but yeah and then for buxton i really don't know uh i just i know whenever you're presented with the opportunity to acquire a superstar you do it but with the way that like the clip that that guy gets injured at is just it's really unfortunate um and i just don't think the phillies can afford to to trade for such a a questionable asset um if you had the guarantee that he would stay healthy you know you you go for it 10 out of 10 times yeah. but i mean uh, you just don't have that guarantee um and then as far as marte goes i'd be fine with acquiring marte as a rental um but yeah. i really don't want to sign him long-term he's 32 years old no, um, and that. is already you know he's he's questionable at, at center field already um, he's been great this year but past years not so much the speed you know it's still there but I, you wonder how long he can keep it going um, and then as far as you know the, the power numbers sure he hits for power but the hard hit numbers and exit velocities are are not showing signs of you know a a power hitter per se. So I just don't know how I feel about him long-term. And my thing with the Phillies at the deadline this year, you have to be thinking about the future. If you are going to go out and, you know, you're going to give some highly ranked prospects away for, you know, a a guy, a rental piece per se, you got to be thinking about the future. So for me, it's Chris Bryant. Um, Chris Bryant can play all three outfield positions. I'm not going to tell you he's a good center fielder, but, he was, he's average there so far this year and he's played there a little bit. Um, so, you know, and he plays third base. He's starting to falter over there a little bit, but you know, he's 30 years old. All, you're going to get what all, you're going to get center
0: from. center field as he's alluded uh,
1: to. Yeah. Right. As I, yeah. So, I mean, he would like to play center field. He said, I'm not sure how effective he'd be there, but huh. you know, I would rather have a good center fielder and just use Bryant as a, a left or right fielder. Um, but then, you know, he can also play first base. He can, you know, and he plays these positions, Well, it's not like he Mm -hmm. can go there. He plays them well, especially the outfield. He's very good at the outfield. So for me, it's Chris Bryant. I would go out, I would trade whatever you can for Chris Bryant, because except for, you know, obviously the untouchables. Um, But if you do that, not only do you get the opportunity to sign him long-term, you've got the chemistry with Harper and Bryant, you know, obviously two best friends, Bryson Stott coming through the pipeline, you know, another guy that's really close friends with both of them. I mean, that's pretty cool. But on top of that, you lure him away from any other team in the National League East that can use him. I mean, the Mets have a glaring hole at third base that they could use Chris Bryant for the Braves have an outfield hole. That is just, I don't even know what they're going to do. They have three outfield holes. Technically Um, it's a very bad situation over there in terms of outfield help. Um, I assume
2: but, Alex that you're thinking that the Phillies in that scenario wouldn't re-sign Andrew McCutcheon. And oh, also, I don't also,
1: think
2: so. Yeah, and I'm sure I'm sure they won't. I don't I don't think that would be smart at this point. As decent as he's been, um, I assume also. I guess the concern for me is that would tie up so much money over the next few years in three players: Real Muto, Harper, and Bryant, and, and Zach and, Wheeler. Don't forget. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. Totally. yeah it's I, I'm not against it, but it, it would be asking a lot for this organization to then consistently piece together a competitive
1: team. You're right, but in the same vein, you have to remember that you know this payroll is structured so that. So first of all, Kutch comes off. You know, obviously next year, right? You have at least um, I'm I'm going to roughly estimate about 45 million dollars coming off the payroll next year. Um, so. That's great. Um, you know, if you if you devote a good chunk of that to Chris Bryant, you know, you obviously have to get some help from uh, your your guys in the minors. Uh, but if you're going over the luxury tax, I mean, I'm not sure how much more it matters. And what's awesome about this payroll is, if you do go over the luxury tax, the year after that, Gene Segura, Didi Gregorius, whole bunch of guys fall off the payroll once again. You go right back under. Um, and you know, it's not like. First of all, they're going to need to sign another shortstop anyway, because Didi is just incapable of playing there ever again. But, you know, a second baseman and a shortstop, especially when they're defense first, pretty easy to acquire at a pretty reasonable amount of money. Um, And you can also just develop them through your system. I mean, that's where I have Bryson Stott. Bryson Stott comes in and plays second base. So, I mean, what you're looking at here is a payroll that is constantly shedding money as it adds it. So that's the one thing that I always say about Matt Clentac. He knew how to structure a payroll. He really did. He was a good numbers guy. So he has structured it so that there is money coming off the books every subsequent year that you will, so you will be falling back under the tax if you do go over it. Um, so, and that way, you know, you can just fill out your holes with rental pieces. You truly can. Um, or, you know, if you have a prospect that's ready to go, you bring them up. Um, it's, it's a lot simpler than you might think, especially for one of the top Five biggest market teams uh, in in all of baseball. Um, so yes, it is a risk uh, in terms of tying up money, but also, I mean, who else would you rather tie that money up on? I mean, I legitimately could not in- name a guy that I would rather have hit cleanup for my team than than Chris Bryant, who is a known RBI guy. Go ahead, Dave. Sorry. Interesting. Interestingly,
0: as well, Dombrowski said, was it today or yesterday? is saying that he's going to be probably going over the tax, uh, luxury tax, and would rather use the money than using the prospects who. It- I don't know the hinting at is I don't know what's
1: up with that but I have also, you know, I've heard through through multiple people that I really trust that, that Craig Kimbrel's at the top of the list for the Phillies oh, right come now. On! And I don't I don't understand how they could acquire Kimbrel without taking on his entire contract. Um, because they don't want to give up good prospects, right? And that's a really big contract. That's a big chunk of cash. That you're How much are we talking roughly? 16 million in annual average. Six. Value. I
0: 16. 16. Oh, 16. Hmm. So
1: it's it's a lot of of <laughs> that, money. That, that, that's crushing uh, over,
0: isn't it? So,
1: <laughs> well, yes. So that that really puts you over. And then the argument can be made: if if that was the plan all along, why didn't they just acquire more pieces? before the season started to like really shore up, like why didn't they go out and acquire Mark Melanson, who was only $3 million. If they were just going to, they were just going to go over the tax anyway. I mean, it, I, I get it. It makes sense. You get to poach all of these really good players by just taking on these contracts that other teams don't want to take on. But at the same time, it's, it's pretty risky uh, because if you can't then evade the luxury tax, you know, it's after two subsequent years you, you start losing draft picks. And they have to be really, really careful to not fall into that trap because that would be a problem.
0: Do you think that's why the Phillies pick so many young, young draft picks?
1: So that's exactly what they're doing. So the Phillies, what they've done is they are structuring this team so that the window starts right now. So these 18-year-olds that they just drafted, these 17, 18-year-olds, they'll be ready to go. Like, they'll be ready to compete by the time, you know, JT Real Muto... Uh, Zach Wheeler, all these guys are kind of falling into their older uh, older points of their career. So these, you know, these guys are, they're super young and they're super projectable um, and you just hope that they succeed. And if they do, then I mean, you're looking at a, a system that's yeah. just going to keep churning out, you know, guys and guys and guys, like what the Dodgers do. They just keep making lemons out of lemonade or lemonade out of lemons. Uh, you know, even if those lemons weren't the ripest of all the bunch to begin with.
0: Yeah, true. Uh, right, we're uh, running out of time, so we'll fly through these next questions. Pete Pratt from the Marlins, one of my favourite people, uh, says, "Which Marlins reliever would you like to trade for? All for sale." Uh, Ryan, a Marlins reliever, who would you go for?
2: <laughs> Ridiculous question. Um, I don't know much about their contracts. Um, but I, I suppose Jaime Garcia is having a, a, a reasonable season, although he's faltered a bit. I think I feel like we'd be adding more pieces that struggle in difficult situations <laughs> sorry
0: uh alex i presume you're on the same sort of yeah i i'm
1: i'm good with yemi garcia um i i i think that uh you know obviously he is downtrending a little bit but he's got velocity uh he's got you know he, he can command the baseball a little bit so i'd be uh-huh. fine with it it's not definitely not first on my list that's that's Uh, for sure
0: at hollywood we sort of asked this one is it what are some of your favorite trade targets that may be big names but also some of your favorite underrated targets so let's get some of your we've done the big names let's go some a your couple of uh, underrated targets
1: sure Uh, uh you go ahead ryan you start
2: um well he might cost a bit of money compared to like someone like ian kennedy but not as much as craig kimbrell i like richard rodriguez on the pirates um he's he limits the walks he's pretty good you know if the Phillies don't manage to get Kimbrell then I like Rodriguez I think he's he's having a good few seasons if they were going to add a starter I don't think they're going to but if if someone got hurt next week or whatever then um they could start looking at lesser pieces Tyler Anderson's having a good season um I Suppose they could knock on the door of uh Washington and ask what's going on with Max Scherzer. Well, yeah, (laughs) Uh,
0: that could be sellers as well. By by the talk coming out of Washington at the moment,
2: you never know. You know, I I like the sound of that. Can you
0: (laughs) and Mac? Oh, I like that (laughs) because he's rushing over the the, the luxury tax. We'll be be insane, Uh,
1: (laughs) Alex. Just for like quickly to address every need for a starter, I really like John Gray of the Rockies. Uh, just one of those guys that as soon as he gets out of course field, it's going to take a huge step forward. So I just get ahead of it and try and try and snag him, uh, see what he costs, and maybe extend him if you want to. Um, that would be really fun for me. Um, as far as a reliever, Taylor Rogers is just my favorite person out there right now. Uh, lefty touches, you know, 98, 99, uh, has incredible command. I think he's walking guys at a 1.8 per nine clip, which is just not something we have in the bullpen right now. He throws strikes. Um, well, except for Rangers Suarez, uh, but he throws strikes has a killer breaking ball. I mean, he's just really good. Uh, probably going to cost you a bit, but you know, and then uh, for a right-handed bat, whatever they might need uh, Jonathan scope. I mean, Jonathan scope, oh, I shot. did not, I did not realize how incredible of a career he's had. Uh, he is like second all time uh, in home runs for second baseman through age 27. Really? Um, yeah. He's also a 20 career war player. Um, very shocking things for me. <laughs> a guy like that does not make four and a half million a year. Uh, so I would love, I would honestly, you know, I would not mind seeing him hunker down at third base next year, but that's another conversation. I just think he'd be really a great addition for this club yeah. right now.
0: Uh, Tom uh, at Staffron 15 says, good question. Is, if you had to pick just one, which of the 2008 buddies would you have in this team? I think most would say Lidge, but I would go for J. Roll. Massive upgrade for the defense at SS, um, plus a real spark at the top of the order. Alex, one player from that 2018 that you would put into this team? Obviously, in their prime as they were in 2008. Not now, obviously.
1: Pedro Feliz. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, I'm, I'm, I, I think I'm with him. I'm, I'm going J. Roll. Uh, I think you know, having that leadoff hitter, that kind of speed, the ability to create runs that he did. Um, I think that would just be, that's the offense becomes so much better. And obviously the defense, whew, that would be, just be yeah, so yeah. nice right now. Oh
0: yeah. Uh, uh, Ryan, how about you? Um, yeah. I'd be pretty
2: tempted to add like Shane Victorino in at center field to be honest. Like I, like it would just be fun as well. Like I would, I would enjoy myself if he was suddenly on this team, like I love flying him. around. Um, I, hey, why you? It'd be nice. To, I mean, if you could just add Cole Hamels straight into the ro- rotation oh. from two thousand and eight, like, yeah, why would you not yeah, do not, that? Not, like, it, not
1: twenty twenty one Cole Hamels, but, you <laughs> no, two thousand and eight. You can, you yeah. can do it. it. He's there. I mean, it would be nice to have that lefty.
2: The lefty upgrade from Matt Moore to Cole Hamels two thousand and eight version would be yeah. very nice.
0: <laughs> I agree. Yeah, I, I agree. I, Rich Weaver's just literally tweeted saying Victorino in center field uh which is more about the 2021 than 2008 i got to be different i got chase (laughs) yeah just the man oh yeah the man in there oh with with brian in that lineup in that lineup
1: him at the like in the two hole would would just be unreal (laughs) i mean he is oh man i miss him
0: all right the phillies end looking forward to this week go to the yankees two games in the bronx 48 and 44 new york yankees both midnight starts for us in the uk uh, looks like Nona's going versus German and then probably Matt Moore do we reckon the game after
1: uh it's not announced yet so no. I'm I'm gonna go ahead and not even bother pencilling an anybody in because it no, it could be it could be an acquisition uh you oh. really you really never know um but no, you, I no, you don't. yeah uh, they I'm gonna go ahead and say that they have no excuse to lose this series the the Yankees are playing without Aaron judge. Without, without an outfield, period. Clint Frazier's on the I.L. Uh, they're without Aaron Judge. I mean, their middle infield consists of DJ LeMayhew, Glaber Torres, Runed Odor, and Chris Gittens. Who? Uh, I just yeah. – yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly. And then it's Ryan Lamar, Brett Gardner, and uh, – oh, I think it's Greg Allen from the Indians uh, in the outfield. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they have no excuse. No excuse. Hey, Gary hey, Sanchez I'm... hit three for them yesterday.
2: Alex, very, I know I'm taking over 30 seconds, so Dave can do whatever he needs to do. <laughs> what? How many players do you think the Phillies will acquire? Will it be just one pitcher? Like, will it be a bat?
1: It depends. So they have three glaring holes, right? Starting pitcher, a closer with the most glaring, uh, and some kind of right-handed bench bat. If they want to go out and acquire a center fielder, sure. It depends on whether or not they are planning to go over the luxury tax. If they're planning to go over the luxury tax, they will go all the way over and they will go grab, because they can, they legitimately can. And they can just go grab, pick and choose whoever they want to get. Uh, if they don't, they're pretty limited. They're only spend, at about, spend spend, spend, well, yeah, right. spend. That's, that's the thing, right? That's the thing. Well, you they, do all
2: this to get into a division race. You're in a John division Middleton, race.
1: John Middleton I mean, said, he said, I will not be doing this to get a wild card spot. You are you, like, I will not go over the luxury tax to get into a wild card spot. You're two games out of first place. If the Mets don't have a strong deadline and we're talking strong, we're talking Francisco Lindor is down. We're talking like, you know, th- their offense is one of the worst in baseball. If you don't have a strong, if they don't have a strong, strong deadline, if the Phillies pushed all the chips in, I mean, there's, I mean, they're already at a, what they're 25% more likely to make the postseason than the Mets right now.
0: Yeah, for the, baseball the reference. Good. I,
1: I don't see how, you know, if they, so if they do decide to do it, they have a supreme advantage over most other teams at the, at the deadline. Um, and they can just pick and choose whoever they want. Just And then pick, we just pick.
2: dust off the Milwaukee Brewers in the division series. Yeah, we, take, we take the Dodgers <laughs> in the championship series. No problem. They got no power. No they got so no power. Guys, I've got, done. I've got a
0: minute left. <laughs> but no, Alex, you're not coming in. Ryan, yeah. Ryan's ending it on that. That's perfect. No, do. Uh, <laughs> then we're back at the back to four games against the Braves. The Mets are going to the Reds and at home to the Jays. Quick question for both of you. This time next week, will the Phillies be top of the division? Ryan, yes or no?
2: They'll be tied at top of the division.
0: Alex, will the Phillies yes. top this week be top of the division? Yes or no? Yes. Yes. Perfect, guys. Thank you for thank you for coming on. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe. If you like what you heard. Find us on any of your uh, any of your podcast providers. Alex, Ryan, it's been a pleasure. Ryan, ring the bell. Ring the bell. Alex, ring the bell. Ring the bell.